We are coming to the end of the Fanarosa series. That means you get to hear something different for a while. We are so blessed. And it's something that we can, we can just take for granted. If you are uh, a person living in the United States, and you may be complaining because inflation and supply line problems and food isn't always uh, on the shelves the way you would like, but there's still lots of things there. There are lots of choices. There are there's just plenty to to eat. I remember going into into East Berlin, which was under the communist on the other side of the wall back in the day, and going to a shop, and they had shelves, they had stores, and of course, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful system that whole communist socialist plan. And you go in and you look, and there's one choice. For whatever it is you want, here's one. Maybe there's two or three of the same thing. And each shelf would have just a handful of things in the whole. That's it. And you go to hours, even with supply line problems and limited things, and you go through the produce, and there's vegetables and fruit, and you go through where the eggs are, and there are eggs, and there's milk, and... And there's a shortage in places, and we've had shortage of now we have baby formula before we had toilet paper issues, and you go, okay, is that the end of the world? Because all the rest of those shelves are pretty well full. In Africa, and maybe you've seen this recently, the uh, in the horn of in the eastern part of Africa, Sudan, Somalia, Kenya. That area, people are starving. They said one person dies every 41 seconds. That's a lot of people. That's pretty often. There's no food. They said when they do find food, and they, they'll walk 20 miles. They showed some on the news. They, they showed them hiking uh, 20 miles to go dig up these roots and, and find these different things that they could eat. And so they forage, and then they come back, and some of them are just super hard, so it takes the rest of the day. So they'll eat every couple of days to get some nutrition. That's if they can find it, and they're happy to find it. And so the the starvation thing is a whole lot different. How grateful do you think one of those kids would be to have a meal of any kind, any kind, one meal in a day, And how grateful are our kids or we ourselves if we don't get exactly what we want, exactly the way we want, exactly when we want, as many times a day as we want it. We're blessed. But we're also blessed into thinking uh, we deserve it. We can have a very nasty attitude about it. We can be carrying our own egos and lashing out at other people because we're entitled. You go, really? Because most of the world doesn't feel that way. They're just grateful to have something to eat. According to the scriptures, all this stuff is good, all of it, because it comes from God, the giver of good gifts, if, if, if we are grateful. 
we're blessed. We have food. We're taken care of. God has brought things our way, which is just amazing that he keeps doing that. So there's spiritual starvation as well. And all around this world, people are starving. And sometimes we have so much available to us, and some, because it's so available to us, we have so many choices. We lack gratitude. We lack the desire to really dig in. Would we walk 20 miles just to, just to hear the word? To, would, would we bother to get up, hike through the desert just to get something that God has for us? to nourish our souls? Would we bother? Would we, would we so desire it that any just a morsel would just send us into praise and thanksgiving? Just so blessed. We've come to, into this series of phanerosis, which means manifestation. So the manifestations of the Holy Spirit to discover more about the spiritual gifts specifically. The manifestations of the Holy Spirit are many, manifold. There are all kinds, varieties, and it comes, there's a fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit brings conviction on us, so we come to know the Lord. He brings salvation. We're redeemed. He cleanses us. There are all kinds of things the Holy Spirit does, but we were looking specifically at, at this particular end of things. But the issue, the problem has been... And especially, this is in the Western world, Europe and in America, the idea of this walking with, with God, who is an uh, amazing being, the central being who has always existed, created all things. And then we enter into this, and here's the problem. We remove super from supernatural and spirit from spiritual. Mic drop. <laughs> so we wonder, as a result of that, why, why we have issues. Why there is a, a problem in our spirituality. Why there's a problem in Christianity. We're not seeing all the things that we ought to see. Why is it that my experience doesn't match what I read in Scripture? Why, why are churches turning their back on the Lord, or why are there Christians who have been out front on stages, but now they are re-looking at their relationship with Christ and deconstructing their faith, which means they're denying the Lord and walking away. Why would those things occur? What is it? What's missing? What is it that isn't grabbing hold of people? And a whole lot of it is... We have removed the super. So the supernatural is no longer supernatural. You go, how can you believe in a God who created all things, who is far from this creation because he's outside of creation? He made this. But then we just deny it and we make it, well, no, it's a rational thing. It's whatever I think, however I feel. It's, I'm going to put it all in, in some, something that a container, a box, something I can... I can maintain and I can make it fit the way I think and, and the way I look at the world and how I want the world to work. I want God to work the way I want him to work. And we remove spirit from spiritual so that we don't have to worry about 
this this unseen aspect of existence and we just want it to fit into normal categories like we do every day. So we make church fit into that, spiritual life fit into that. And then when God is offering us all those things, we go, no, thank you. We just walk away. Or we demand it be a certain way. It has to be this way on this occasion to fit my expectations, my needs, the way I want it to be. Just like that kid who is not grateful for that dinner that somebody just made, and they get to eat tonight. When all these other kids around the world are saying, man, I'd like to have a meal, just a meal. This week it would be great. But no, we have all this available to us. And God, if you don't come through, you know, I don't have really much time for you. I won't give you much thought. I don't know. I've got to fit you into my summer. Summer's beginning. We're looking months of a little bit of warm weather. How are we going to approach that? What do we do with the time? What do we do with, uh, if you have a vacation, what do you do with that? Do you ask God about it or you just plan it? Do you say, God, should I invest this time, these days, these hours, and pursuing you or even asking if I should take that time now? Or is it just, meh, that's how it goes. I sh- and what I expect. And I, and I want what I want when I want it. And if you don't come through, see our problem? We have a God in heaven who wants to bless us so richly. He wants to bring things into our lives that will seriously change us from the inside out. Our perspective on things. And he is going to bring it from out there, from heaven. And we're supposed to be praying, Lord, bring this stuff from heaven to earth. So it'll be like, you know, heaven invading me and the things around me. Jesus said, that, that's the way to pray. Pray about that stuff. And then we have meals, plenty of food on the shelves. Even with supply line problems and inflation, we have more We're eating every day. Come on, people. Every day. And God is bringing spiritual food, spiritual nourishment, spiritual realities every day. It's available. Multitude of ways. We are so blessed. He's brought it to us. And in the form of the Holy Spirit, these are uh, things that we've looked at. So Holy Spirit gifts. Holy Spirit gifts enable you and others to know and experience God. These gifts are, are unique. They are supernatural. We've covered that enough that you, you've probably memorized that part. They are supernatural. They are not our talents and abilities. It's not what we've always thought, the way we've always been. These are from God Almighty. They are super. Natural, put the super back in there. They are spiritual gifts, put the spirit back in there. These are from the unseen realm. They are from heaven, and they have a purpose, and they are coming to enable you, to enable you to know God better, to experience him, because he is a supernatural being. And he wants you to know that. So he's going to bring supernatural abilities. 
your way. And then he's going to give you the supernatural ability so you can be a blessing to someone else. And you're going to be able to point them in his direction. And when they see that alive in you, they can go, there is a God. God is here. God is working in this moment. God is doing something that is unusual. It doesn't fit the normal pattern of things. You can't put it in a test tube. This is God Almighty doing a supernatural thing in a spiritual way. And you get to be part of it. And he wants you to experience those gifts. He wants you to know him better. And he has provided these things so that you can do that. Now, we talked about all the other aspects of, well, a lot of them, all that could fit into that shape because, you know, there are more letters and, you know, there's more stuff. But you get a basic idea. There's more to us as human beings. And so we still need to work through our heart and, and our aptitudes, our abilities, all of those things that we have, our personality and our experiences. But this... This is God's supernatural input in a unique way so that we can know him and experience him and help others to to experience that as well. We did cover from the get-go that these things, as we're going through, we primarily focused on 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. That section of uh, related to gifts, because of... uh, there's the biggest list, but also that's the area that kind of frames a, an area in the Roman Empire where these gods are being worshipped. Their other gods, small g gods, are being worshipped. And the experiences of the people who are now coming to know Jesus, they're coming out of worshipping other gods. They're coming out from a, a philosophy of life that is totally different from what the one true God is offering. And they have to come into this recognizing that Jesus is Lord. And to say that for them is huge. They've got to break away from all of their culture. Everybody in their culture is living in an entirely different way. Let me throw this in. This isn't actually a note thing on my notes, so that I have to throw this in on the side. They are coming out of a world in which it is absolutely okay. The, the whole LGBTQ thing that we're, we're making such a big deal about and, and wrestling with, they were coming at this from their world out of it. Every, that was absolutely the world they lived in. That was ex- expressed everywhere, all over. Nothing about this is new. What we're experiencing is a entering into it from the other side, going, okay, these people are saying to find your real freedom, to discover yourself, you need to step away from the church and Christ and all this Bible stuff and go that way to be free. Here's what they, they experienced. That was all everywhere. The prostitution is on the hill. There are a thousand prostitutes on the top of the Gora, the hill that's just outside of the Acro-Corinth where they're worshiping, and their worship included sexual acts. They have that going. This is all acceptable. They come to Jesus. Do you know what they called it when they came to Jesus? Finding freedom. To be free in Christ. Is that 180 degrees off of what 
our world looks at, even for churches, for Christians. You go, no, the freedom's over there. This is so limiting. Not to them. It was everywhere present. And they came out of it and go, wow, this is freeing. You are so blessed. You belong to him. Freedom is in Christ, not out there. Freedom is in Christ. And those people who came away from all of that, because that's what their gods were all about. Who are those gods? Those are the ones we've talked about before, those who had rebelled against God and his design. We have, we have one giant rebellion that included the humans in chapter 3 of Genesis, that whole episode with the serpent. So we have the serpent misleading the people. The people say, yes, we're going to go with you instead of God. They stab God in the back. They rebel. They go their own way. He throws them out of paradise. Now they're lost. They, some of them turn to, turn to the Lord through over the centuries that existed before the flood. Man, most didn't. And the angelic beings that decided to rebel turned their back on God got involved with human women, created a super race, half-breeds, and that group created more evil, and the evil that was already, that already existed among the humans is now we've got these half-breeds who are adding to it, and we've got everything God says is, is, has turned dark. So it's time to get rid of them, except for those who believe. That led to eight people being on the boat out of an entire world full of people. He destroys that. He puts those who had led the way in, in this rebellion, the, the, uh, being, the supernatural beings, in a Tartarus. They are now out of the picture, but those who are the... The beings who have the half-breeds, their souls are released, but they're, they don't die because they don't die like humans. So now they're around as demonic creatures, evil creatures, and we're dealing with those, the unclean ones. Another rebellion comes in chapter 11 of Genesis when God divides the nations and by the languages, but he also gives each these... Uh, angelic beings responsibility for the nations to take care of them they rebel and they decide that they won't worship for themselves another setup principalities and powers and authorities that's what paul calls them in ephesians 6 so we have a whole realm of evil beings that exist in the heavenlies and there we've got the heavens that are the ones we look at are called the heavens which just the stars the universe that we look out at above us there's the second heaven that includes these other beings that exist in the unseen realm the third heaven is where god's throne is so there's a whole different level where his he's taking care of his things but from that middle there are battles going on it's another dimension where things are happening we've had uh, battles going on there and daniel we get we get the report of uh, Daniel praying and he's waiting for an answer and he finally hears from the angel and he finds out that, that it took 21 days to get there because he was held up by the prince of Persia and Michael had to come in and deal with him so he could bring this answer. Where is all that happening? It's happening in the second heaven. It's happening around us, these principalities and powers 
and they remember they don't die. They don't go away. They haven't faded into the dust. They are out there. The whole issue in Africa is there's principalities and powers who have shut down the weather and they are causing people, warlords and governments to turn on their own people. They need help. So what can you pray? You pray that God would bind the principalities and powers. What are, what are we supposed to be armored up for according to Ephesians 6? Flesh and blood, is that our battle? Or is it with the principalities and powers and authorities? Yeah. So yeah, give money, support the mission organizations that can get a boatload of food over there. That We need that too. But don't forget the battle. The battle's in the heavenlies. The battle is against the principalities and powers and authorities. And we have been given the ability to deal with those things because of our relationship with the living God who has empowered us, the Holy Spirit, and he's going to take those prayers and do some work to, to attack and, and tear those areas of power down. And we need to be praying that we can tear those things down, the principalities, powers, and authorities that exist. But the gifts are given... And in 1 Corinthians, they're given to counter the gods, the small g gods that were at work in the hearts and lives of the people there. They were coming away from worshiping at Apollo's place or Dionysius. And and they're coming away from these different gods and different ways of worship, which are reflected in the gifts that are given in 1 Corinthians 12. And you just read through that and you go, wow, these are the... These are the things that these gods, small g gods, have been providing because they're copiers. They've been copying the one true God and the way he works with people. So they've used supernatural abilities, which they have, and they've imparted them to people. And people have experienced some. These gods are limited, so they can only be in one place at one time and you know those kind of things. They're not everywhere like God is. But they, they're around... And they're influencing, and they're, and they're dragging people down, and they've sold them into this. So people are interested, they're excited, they're worshiping, and Corinth is a happening place. And people talk about it being super immoral. They go, huh, who's behind that? Who's helping them get there? What is it that, what's the benefit to that? Because of the principalities and powers of darkness that are at work. So God sends the gospel, sends Paul, they, they begin the church, and then he gives them gifts, supernatural, spiritual gifts, to counter what the gods are doing in this battle against principalities, powers, and authorities. He has not forgotten, in case you're thinking, He forgot, or it doesn't happen here. We're not dealing with those gods. Yes, we are, every day. Every day, in conversations you have with people, or if you're checking the news, you can see that they are still alive and well, and they're creating havoc, and they're dragging people down, and it won't take long in a conversation, and you'll pick up that even those who know Jesus have allowed that stuff, that thinking, to enter in. And what do we need? We need the power of the Holy Spirit to work in us, 
to count to the power of the gods that exist around us, to overpower the twisted thinking that we've picked up along the way, to help cleanse us from the junk that we've carried around, the baggage that we carry and think we've, we've arrived and we're smarter than God. And he is wanting to break us free from all of that. And one way he does that is with spiritual gifts. So he's going to give us those so that we are better able to handle the life that we have and to deal with the evil and the enemies that exist in and around us. As far as around the globe. Give support and promote the main thing. You must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. Those are the final words of Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. You must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And those gifts help us to get there, to experience him, to know him. He is bringing things to us. He wants to bless us even more. And he's providing it. It's all around us. And he wants to to make that so alive. Knowledge in the scriptures is not just knowledge about, which for most of our experiences, well, if we learn about it, we can pass a quiz. We check off the box. We pick multiple choice. We so that we have arrived. That's not what he's talking about. This is experiential knowledge, which means we know intimately Jesus Christ. We know him inside and out. We know his heart. We know what he's interested in. We know how he works. We know his love. We know his passions. We must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And grace is not just, oh, you just get salvation. That's, he's offering you mercy, and grace is empowerment. It's, it's him not holding something against us, but that's mainly merciful. It's about him bringing something to us. He is empowering us. He's bringing more. He's bringing strength he's bringing wisdom he's bringing all these gifts he is bringing so much he says get a hold of that get to know that grow in that in the grace and knowledge of christ get that that will make a difference and then your heart will sing out all glory to him both now and forever amen Spiritual gifts are exceptional. Spiritual gifts are exceptional. These are not just the normal, how I feel, what, I've, what I'm good at. Oh, I sing well, I'm, I'm on the worship team. No. This is something that comes from God that is evidently from outside, sourced from God. He brings it, and he makes it available to us to accomplish his purposes. So we're serving God's purposes. Well, I've got these great gifts, and I can sing, and I can lead, and I can 
when I was talking about those who have turned on the faith recently, a number of the high-profile ones are the ones who lead in worship bands, Christian worship groups, and they've had members who've just said, you know, I don't think I'll do that anymore. Pastors who have just said, you know, enough of this. Uh, I've sold a bunch of books, Christian books, had a mega church, and you know what? I don't even believe this. I think I'll get rid of my wife, and I'll just move on. Huh. Why would that even be possible? Because they're serving their own purposes. They happen to have a gift of gab or a musical ability or something that, get, that a group of people just are applauding and all of a sudden they get to be the center of everything. And whatever they say is spiritual truth. And it is far from it. They're not serving God's purposes. They are serving themselves, and they have used God's name in vain to do that. Spiritual gifts are sourced from God. They're serving God's purposes. He's going to accomplish these things in ways that are amazing. Again, the super in supernatural, the spirit in spiritual. It's going to be from the heavens. He's going to operate in such a way that he's going to lift people up. It's not, oh, I get to be lifted up. No, you get to lift people up. You get to point them to God. You get to move them from this world to the heavens. You get to bring the heavens to them so that they can live, live and experience heavenly in this time on earth. Serving God's purposes. Support God's glory. The whole idea of, well, I'm not happy or I need more attention if whatever it is that I'm, I'm doing to help serve. You remember we went through the lift, list of attitudes that we should have when we're using these gifts. There's a reason for that because that indicates that we're doing this for, for God. We're doing it enthusiastically. We're not complaining. We're not whining. We're going about this to make God the center of all that we're doing. And we want to help people to know him, to grow in him, to, to experience a whole different level of living, and it, which is possible. And we're supposed to be able to help, or we are able to help when we're operating the way God wants us to. And these gifts are there to add to that and give us an extra boost. They will support God's glory. Source from God, serving God's purposes, support God's glory. Seeks not its own. I have run into so many pastors over the years who are so consumed. If they, if they wind up not being in a church for some whatever reason, they're not uh, fulfilling their destiny at that point. But what they say about this is, I don't have a pulpit. I don't get, I'm not preaching. It's never about how am I lifting people up? How am I pointing them? And if they have the free time, they're laid off for in between churches. It's amazing to me how many of them don't bother to spend any time just meeting with other people, having a Bible study at home, trying to help people grow, get to know Christ, become more of who God has designed them to be. That would be a pastor's heart. No, I don't have a pulpit. 
I'm not the center of attention. I don't get to be the guy up front. So if I don't get to be that guy, then I'm not doing, you know, there's no reason for me to take time for these yahoos. Huh. I don't think God really wants you in that pulpit. Just, just guessing. Maybe this would be a good time for you to just sit this one out until you get that right. Yes, I've had those conversations and I've said those things. So, yeah, I have a lot of friends. <laughs> Seeks not its own. Surpasses human ability. Surpasses human ability. It's not what we do, not what we naturally are drawn to. It's going to be something that's going to go beyond that. doesn't mean that it's totally something we've never done before. It could be something we've done or even pretty good at, but it's going to be with a supernatural turn. It's going to launch. It's going to be something, and, it, it, and often it's going to be 180 degrees from what we would typically do. You go, man, I would never think to be involved in, in that. And, and this whole, you know, we talked about the gift of administration, which is, this one just is so, I think is so fun. The whole idea of piloting, which is what the word has to do with, is leading or guiding a ship through treacherous waters, which is what they had around Corinth. And Paul is saying that this is a spiritual gift. You're going to do this with people, God's people. And you've got the gift to help them through treacherous waters so that they become better business people, better at living in this world, better house keepers better no you're going to lead them through treacherous waters so that they can better know and serve god and help people to know and serve god you're going to pilot the church the gathering the ecclesia those called out ones that's what that word means called out from among the world to think different to live different to be empowered differently you're going to lead them, guide them, and take them through, through potentially treacherous waters and get them through safely, and they're going to see God at work. So you might have the gift of administration. Well, I thought it was just filing, answering the phone. Nope. These gifts are amazing, supernatural, given by God for His purposes to accomplish great things, surpassing human ability, And they are available to you. He wants to break these things loose in you, through you, through each and every follower of Christ. He wants to make these so uh, alive. And we have been blessed to know him and, and to be the potential recipients of all of this so that we can make a difference in this world. For the people around us, But remember, we're also making a difference for the angelic realm who are watching. There are brothers and sisters watching us, part of God's family, cheering us on. And we've got another group who wants to tear us down. And all of that's going on at the same time. And these gifts play a part. And when we exercise them, it's not just to impress the guy around the corner. It's about living up to the potential God has given us. He's blessing us with these incredible gifts. So be a blessing. Use your spiritual gifts. Be a blessing.
Be ready when the Spirit guides you to use your gifts. God, I don't know what it is. Well, here's the deal. You will when the time comes. Now, if you haven't been open to it yet, that's a problem. You don't believe in it, that's a problem. You probably aren't going to experience this. But I suspect everyone here believes and are open. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. So just get ready. Just be ready. When it comes, you'll know. Others will know. And you're going to go, oh, I think that was it. Or you'll just pass out. Be ready when the Spirit guides you to use your gift. Be faithful to the Spirit's leading as you use your gifts. Don't get that heady ego thing going, well, now I'm cool because this thing happened. Mm, That'll cut it off fast. Just don't. Be faithful. Use it. It's scary. It is. It's just scary because it is so out there because it surpasses human ability. Be faithful to the Spirit's leading as you use your gifts. Be encouraging to others in the church as they use their gifts. Gift or gifts. I put that both on there. So just one shows up at a time. That's okay. But it could be more than one. It, oh man, don't you wish we'd had another 10 Sundays for this? Because there's a whole lot more. Anyway, be encouraging to others in the church as they use their gifts. That means a lot. It's going to mean a lot to others when, they, when something happens and then they're able to share that and you hear about it. Just encourage them uh, in the use of it or ask them questions about it so that they can kind of explore it. Some people need to talk through things to understand them better. Others do it internally, but others have to express it to, to get it. So you may be really blessing them by listening and asking questions and drawing it out and finding out more about it. And, and then they'll be free or freer to exercise those gifts again and, and look for God to use them. And uh, again, the gift or gifts may come once, a dozen times, maybe a lifetime, but... God has a purpose, and he is wanting to use all of us in this. All of us. So, as a congregation, you have been gifts, given gifts, and God will raise those up, show you what those are at the appropriate time, and they're for one another to help each other here and to reveal to those uh, unseen those in the unseen realm, that God is real and that God is at at work here, that he loves you, that he's manifesting himself in and through you. I know. He's doing that. So you have summer. Let's talk about that again. So here are these months, these warm months. What do you do with that? What's the priority going into summer to, to find the activities that you most like, to go where you want to go when you want to go there, to, to fill in all of the things. Here's your opportunity to listen and practice hearing from God. You ask Him. You go to Him. You say, what's your priority? may not be what you were thinking. In fact, if He leads you in the opposite direction, 
That, that could be, don't you think, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Well, I always just want to do what I've always wanted to do. Would that be the Holy Spirit leading or would that be, how's that heart thing work? It's always trustworthy. Just go with it. Yep. Well, she's on it. Goodness. That's right. We've got to watch it. Our tendency is to be deceived by our own hearts. So when those things are leading, I know what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. This is, I got some time off. I got some money. This is so I'm going to go. And God's saying, you didn't even talk to me. What's this leaning on your own understanding thing? Or trust in the Lord with all your heart? Which way are you going to go? So here's an opportunity. You got a summer. You also have each other because I'm going to be gone for a month. And you have each other to practice on. Do you think that's accidental or that God has a calling on your life for this time, for such a time as this, to exercise the very things that God has been bringing into you so that you can actually use them. Or you go, well, no, this is a good time to, for me to get away. I think I'll go do what I've always wanted to do. I've had enough of this. I've been busy. And God is saying, I've got something for you. How about you do what I've asked you to do, and you build into other people's lives, and then let me turn some gifts loose in you and through you so that you can see me at work and you and them everyone together gifts are for one another summer is a time to seek God's way growing the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ whether it's vacations or activities or gardening or all those other things you want to fill in with God is at work he has more for you. He wants to take you farther than you can imagine. And he wants to reveal it to you. He won't do it if you keep holding on to your own ways, your own things, the way you've always done it. You look to him, you lean on him, you receive it, and he will turn it loose. He's just waiting. And this just may be that opportunity that he's been looking for, for you. You are God's blessed ones. You are God's blessed ones. We're going to wrap up with the song, Church Arise. That's probably a good, good thing to remember. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to leave. Send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to do some teaching. He's going to do some empowering, and he's going to give some gifts. So our church needs to arise. Because God has so much for you. You are his blessed ones. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the things that you're doing. Supernatural things. Bringing heaven to earth preparing us on earth for heaven. Thank you for not leaving us, not abandoning us, not leaving us to our own devices. Thank you for being all that you are. 
Help us to listen, to turn to you, to rely on you, to trust in you with all our heart, not lean on our own understanding, but to go with you, wherever that may be. And Lord, do, I pray, release your gifts among us. In Jesus' name I pray.